We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, the list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey! Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. Let's go! The Morning Grind. Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Let's go! Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is May 22nd, it's 2019. We have four early games and ten games on the main slate to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by my good buddy, Bobby Fai. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Happy to be with you. No, you had some good news earlier tonight. I don't want to throw it out there for you, but it's, I'm, I'm happy for you. And uh, yeah, ready to get into this next uh, you know, little interesting split slate. Yeah, man. Yeah, young baby number two will be a boy. I'm kind of pumped. You know, I have my daughter. She's seven, but I'm pumped to have a boy. And um, I already, I already tried to talk my wife into naming the kid Vogel Bomb Young. That did not work. <laughs> and I tried Jock Jams Young, and that didn't work either. So uh, I'm still working on, you know, getting getting a DFS name in there. But um, all joking aside, I'm super excited, super pumped. Um, healthy baby. That's all I want, you know, at the end Fantastic. of the day. And you're, you're a dad. You know how it is. So uh, I am pumped about that. But after getting absolutely handed to me on Tuesday in DFS, I'm ready for this split slate. I'm ready to get back on the grind. And if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there. Check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links if you Want three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. You will get that if you sign up through the links. They got a split slate as well today. They got PGA. They got NBA. They got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, so PGA, um, NHL, all that stuff. So if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out over there on FantasyDraft.com. 
Bobby, let's get started. We start with Oakland at Cleveland. Frankie Montas, Jeffrey Rodriguez. Um, any interest here in Montas? I think that I don't have any interest. Like, uh, appreciate the last start. <laughs> uh, that's all I can say. I don't think I'm going to end up playing him even on this small slate. Yeah, I have a little interest. You know, I, I think Luis Castillo is going to be pretty chalky going up against Milwaukee in Milwaukee. And while I do think he has a ton of upside, like we don't have a ton of options on the slate when we're just looking at the slate as a whole. So Montas is going to probably be a guy that it'd be dictated by the lineup and the ownership. Um, if he's highly owned, I'll probably stay away. But if he's not getting any ownership here against Cleveland, like I have a little bit of interest. Their power numbers are down this season. They still don't strike out a ton. But on a slate like this with four games where, you know, we have a Seattle-Texas game with two pitchers I'm definitely not going to play, I've narrowed it down to six. And, you know, when I'm looking at six pitchers, like Montas has the talent to be on my list. So that's kind of where I'm at on him. It's it's really going to be a lineup ownership type of thing. And nine and a half total in this game. He's a slight favorite. Um, any interest on the other side of Jeffrey Rodriguez? Yeah, that's where I would go with my interest here. I agree that I think Monta, I mean, he's the second best pitcher on the slate, but I I like the Cleveland offense. Uh, there's a lot of these offenses that I really prefer during the day. I haven't really checked the weather. I'm just going to take a quick look and just see what it looks like. Um, 70s wind blowing out. Okay, yeah, that's that'll do. Um, that's a lot better than a lot of this Cleveland weather in a lot of these games. So I, I think this offense is going to start – start getting it together more and more. And I, I, I'm going to side with the Cleveland offense. I, it's a smaller slate. I'm going to just play tournaments. Uh, that's sort of where I'm going here. And I think that uh, Rodriguez as a, like, you know, it's weird because I feel like he's like safe. I don't think like he's going to be unowned or anything. It's just too small a slate. But I feel like I just feel good about, I feel better about him than I do about, I think, any pitcher on the slate. Yeah, like I have slight interest. Um, you know, where he where he does struggle is against lefties and they don't have a ton of lefties in this lineup. So I think that helps him a little bit. Olsen Profar Grossman, three out of the nine, um, you know, gonna be left-handed and he's gonna face quite a bit of righties. And he doesn't have a ton of strikeout upside, but he does limit the power. He gets a ton of ground balls against righties. So even if some of those lefties get on, they usually have a righty in between them. It's just how Oakland does their lineup. They don't usually run like three lefties together or three righties together. So even if, even if like say Olsen, you know, gets on base, like maybe Piscotty hits into a double play and that helps the, the, the upside a little bit for Rodriguez or just kind of helps the floor on the slate. But, you know, on teams that I don't have Rodriguez, I have no issues with looking at some of these Oakland bats as well. So let's talk about them. Kind of talked about Olsen and Profar. That would probably be my two favorite bats here. Uh, what are you looking at here on Oakland? Uh, I think it would be I, – I, I would agree that Olsen – I think it would be Olsen, um, Olsen Chapman, and then I'm pretty much not I, – I think because I'm sort of siding with Rodriguez, I'm not really paying as much attention, which – with Oakland, like on a bigger slate, like would worry me if I was playing a ton of lineups or something. This is a small slate. I'm going to try and stick to what I'm going to do. I get it. I think that it would be, uh, I guess Profar probably would be the third guy for me behind Chapman and Olsen. But uh, yeah, that's just sort of where I'm at. I, I think I'm sort of more siding with Rodriguez here and just, just based on a pure lack of pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pure lack of pitching indeed. Um, I, I don't mind Chapman as well. Um, I, I certainly agree with that. So 
you know, obviously, you know, when you're looking at Oakland and, you know, Chris Davis is banged up or I know he's on the IL um, or going to be placed on the IL, like it's just like that takes out one of the biggest bats in this lineup and it helps Rodriguez um, certainly. So can see certainly see why you have interest in Rodriguez. Uh, the Cleveland, Cleveland side, like this team getting healthier, we're starting to see the numbers increase a little bit. Um, don't really like the righties in this spot, but there's not a lot of righties in this lineup. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, I mean, everybody else is cheap enough, like not that it matters, <laughs> you know, because it's a weirdly small slate. But, you know, like, I mean, Lindor, Ramirez, Kipnis. Kipnis is priced up because he had the, that monster game and has been hitting the ball well. But, like, I really like everybody in this lineup. And, you know, I'm always interested to see how the, the lineup ends up coming out. But I like Santana. I would just take the, the main guys. Ramirez, Lindor, Santana would be my priorities. Uh, Kipnis would be the next guy over. Uh, and then, I guess, depending on ownership, uh, whoever ends up playing in the outfield for them would, would be next. I just don't know who that's going to be. All right, uh, Cincinnati at Milwaukee, eight and a half total. Uh, Luis Castillo, Zach Davies. Um, uh, Talent-wise, Luis Castillo is the best pitcher on the slate. Uh, what are you doing with him in this matchup against Milwaukee? You said it was an eight and a half total? Eight and a half, yep. That's pretty low. He's a, um, he's a 116. Yeah, like one thing people don't realize about Zach Davies is that the games he pitches just they don't really you're not going anywhere you know what i mean everybody always wants to stack against this guy they try to look at all these numbers and it happens every year all the time with this guy i'm not going to play zach davies but this like idea of just i mean on a small slate sure you can stack against him with you can stack against anybody but in general it's just i cannot believe like people don't give this guy credit just for being a good effective pitcher at what he does which is getting through five or six innings usually um he, you know, he had the one one longer game against the Mets, but he's an effective pitcher. Uh, I'm not really that interested in Davies, but I w- I'm like open to him. Like he's he would be the next guy I'd consider behind the main guys I'm playing. But I don't think that I'm. I think I would. You know, I'm just not going to be all that interested in the Cincinnati bats. Yeah, he's a he's a better real life pitcher, and I think that's what people get mixed up with him. You know, we we look at so much DFS stuff, we don't like. Yeah, he's just a good real life pitcher. Um, doesn't never doesn't typically get like shelled or rocked. So I, I can certainly see that. Uh thoughts on the there was a fifteen game slate earlier this year, I think it was. I think it was the fifteen game slate, whichever one it was. It was a big slate, but I think it was it was when he pitched against the Dodgers one of the times. And I just was like, why are they all the Dodgers like twenty five percent owned? <laughs> like I don't understand this. Like I'm a Dodger fan, but I just don't understand. Anyway, uh, Castillo, yes, obviously the best pitcher on the slate, but like it is a bet, tough matchup. Uh, curious to see what you know who's going to be in the lineup for Milwaukee. So it's not as bad as it might seem. I did play a little bit of Sunny Gray tonight just because I thought there was a little bit upside, not nearly enough to to make me quite profitable, but enough to get me close. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Castillo, I do think is you know you can afford him. You can you're going to find ways to pay up for him. I I think you can play Castillo Rodriguez. Uh, that's sort of what I'm going with mostly, but definitely, you know, it, the price is high, but I just think we're going to find other ways we can save money. Yep. And, you know, when you're just looking at the slate overall, like, you know, Milwaukee does strike out a bunch. So there are plenty of strikeouts in this lineup. Uh, Grindall, Braun, Thames, 
uh, Hira, ever since he got called up, like he's a guy that is striking out a bunch and does it makes a ton of sense. So if Yelich is out of the lineup and Gamble's in there, like it's a huge bump uh, to Luis Castillo. So just going to have to kind of see. But yeah, Luis Castillo, talent-wise, is certainly the top play on the slate. Uh, let's talk bats here. I know you said that you don't want to stack against Davies. Is there anybody standing out to you that you might play here um, from Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, like, I think that Puig would be my number one guy, assuming that he's in the lineup, which I think he will be. Um, I think he'd be my main guy. I feel like I'm okay with Senzel. I'm okay with with anybody else. Uh, you know, we've seen reverse splits from Davies in the past, and we've seen him go worse towards lefties. Like, he's gone back and forth at different points. Um, I'm not, like, overly excited about it. It's a small slate, so I probably should have some more interest, but... Dietrich, I guess, uh, makes some sense, but I think it'd be Puig and Senzel would be the first two guys I'd look at. Is Dietrich getting activated today? I, it's, we, I'm sorry, I'm looking at a projected lineup page, but maybe he's not. I, I was trying know. to find it. Now, now I'm curious. And Puig, um, too. I got to see. <laughs> um, oh, I guess he never got, he never got put on the IL. So, yeah, I don't um, think he, he, he should be back in there. Yeah, I think, I think he and Puig will play, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, I do like Dietrich. That's a, it's a really solid call. Um, my, my research. So anytime you're, you're facing Davies, you got to look at ground ball numbers and all that stuff. You know, he's a sinker baller. So you really got to dig into like how hitters do against sinkers and like Yelich or not Yelich Winker, um, and, and Dietrich really profile well. And I hate to say it cause I hate playing this guy, but Joey Votto profiles really well against sinkers of uh, 428 Woba 173. ISO, 41% hard hit rate does not ground, like does not have a ton of ground balls and does not miss them very often. 90% contact rate. So I hate playing Votto, but maybe on a, on a four game slate, I could see maybe rostering him. I highly doubt it. It's probably going to be another Vogelbach day for me, but I, I can see why you would look at Votto today. And I, and I never say that. Yeah, wow. Um, so I'm going to play Joey Votto for sure today. Yeah, it's just like he profiles really well against sinkers. You know, take it yeah. as you want to take it. But yeah. Winker and Dietrich are my... Because they have obviously have to have faced each other a number of times before. Um, I'm sure he has some BVP looking I, at the sinker numbers. I just have to see. Um, here, we can, you can keep talking while I'm looking this up. Sorry about that. No, no problem. Um, looking at the other side of this game, the Milwaukee side of things... Um, you know, Luis Castillo is always a guy that can give up the long ball. You know, the numbers have been a lot better this year. The ground ball rate is absolutely insane this season. Um, the changeup is just generating so many ground balls. The one guy that I have interest here is Mike Moustakis. Um, he's a guy that has a massive fly ball rate with a bunch of power. So if you're looking for maybe a one-off here in this game, Moustakis against Castillo, I don't mind playing them on the same team. Uh, Moustakis would be my, like one-off outside of like just stacking against the highest on pitcher on the slate. Yeah. And I have no problem with either. Uh, Moustakas, I, th I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, <clears throat> totally agree. Uh, definitely don't mind going that way. Yeah. But I mean, just FYI, uh, Vado's 10 for 25 only has one home run, only one extra base hit actually, but only two strikeouts against them. So sort of makes a little bit of sense with the pitch data. Makes um, a ton of sense that Vado only has uh, <laughs> one extra base hit against him with ten hits. Um, hey, it was at least it was a home run. He also has four walks. Shocker there. He's a, he, you know, he, he didn't he didn't he, did, he walked a little bit. <laughs> guy. Kansas City at St. Louis. The early he's cheap enough where he's actually like becoming like you should play him like as a cash game play. <laughs> like it's 
come on, man. If, if he starts know, hitting like, again, if he starts hitting crazy. again at all, like he's the best play on his, every slate. He's a cash game play at tournament ownership. Yeah, what's crazy too is like Vogelbach. I just looked at his price. I never looked at pricing before, and like he is going to be really tough to fit on the early slate in cash. So, mm-hmm. um. Moving on, Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, the early game. It's Brad Keller, Adam Wainwright from everything that we've read. No total in this one. We will get the first end of this doubleheader. Um, the second end will not be available, which stinks. I really wanted to stack against Homer Bailey. Um, let's talk pitchers here. Do you have any interest here in Brad Keller? Did you say you, there was no total? No total out yet, no. Um, let's see something. Oof, this game is... It's weather it just looks like a hitter's weather. 77, humid and blowing out to left 14. Um, doesn't feel like a good spot to want the pitchers, but they're so cheap. <laughs> it's a small slate. Kind of have interest in both or all three, depending on who the Cardinals pitchers it is. Um, depending on what, you know, what ends up happening. I. I don't have a great explanation for any of this. I don't want to get into advantage. There's nothing really. It's a small slate. Taking a shot on one of these guys, I think, is probably worthwhile. Um, you saw what happened if you were taking a shot on Lance Lynn tonight. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a great argument for it. It's just the price in there. It's a small slate, and I don't really like any of the pitchers in the situations they're in. Yeah, you know, I completely understand. My biggest issue with Keller is, like, he doesn't have the greatest numbers against righties, and this team is just very right-handed heavy. I know he does have a high ground ball rate, but that's because, like, he gets fly balls on his fastball, which he throws 34% of the time, and he gets uh, ground balls on his slider, which he throws 35.7% of the time. So, you know, he's getting ground balls on his slider and sinker, I guess. And like his fastball is just getting torched. Like his fastball, 492 Woba, 368 ISO, 96 mile an hour average exit velocity uh, against right-handed hitters. And like humid, hot, wind blowing out, bunch of power righties with a ton of hard hit contacts. Um, Like this is a spot that like St. Louis might be a stack that I look at um, instead of looking at Keller. But it's just one of those slates. It's just weird. If it is Wainwright on the early slate, uh, do you have any interest here in Wainwright? This is my favorite game to stack, which is weird. Like as a game stack, like I, I just, I like everything in this. I just was throwing out the, with the pitchers on the slate. Like I could see one of these guys getting away with it, especially if it was like Waka a little cheaper. I think he actually matches up decently enough and he's, he'd be so cheap. Um, but any ball that's put in play is, I mean, I mostly am going to just side with the bats, but I do think that like I will have exposure to these pitchers. I'm, I'm curious to see where the total comes out, to be honest with you. Um, as of right now, I would imagine it's going to be pretty high, and this is going to be a game where everybody flocks to. If that happens, I don't mind taking a shot on one of the pitchers and sort of going with a different stack just to get really, really different on a small slate. Um, but if the total is, you know, let's say nine and nine and a half, it's not going to be, it's going to end up being like a 10 total, man. <laughs> like um, if it's nine, I, I really think that's what's going to determine it for me that, and I'm going to look at the K props, the umpires, and it's a small slate. I'm trying to find any edge I can, but I, I really think I'm going to overall just stack the Cardinals and, yeah, and the Royals. Yeah. I like this game too for hitters. So like, you know, Hunter Dozier, 
let's move it on over to the Kansas City hitters side. Like Hunter Dozier is a guy that like has been great this season. Wayne Wright has been better against righties, but he still gives up a ton of hard hits. Like you can make a nice little stack here um, with Gordon Dozier, Solero, Hearn, you know, Lopez, Montesi, Merrifield. However, you want to stack Kansas City. Like they have enough position eligibility that they're not typically a team that's hard to stack. No, it's they're very easy to stack. Um, I think I would like, like, I really, I actually like Carpenter a lot. I know we talked about the righties, but um, yeah, he, I mean, he's going to be so popular. It doesn't matter. They're all great plays. Like, but I think my priorities would go Carpenter, Goldschmidt, Ozuna, uh, Martinez, Molina, DeJong. That's probably the right, the, the way that I would arrange it. Yeah, Ozuna, he profiles really well in this spot. Um, hit sliders well, which, you know, Keller, like I was saying, has been his pitch, you know, against righties. So I, I certainly like the top, you know, four or five spots here. Um, once it gets down to like Fowler, Wong, Martinez, I typically stay away from those guys for what it's worth. Um, so it's the top half for me. Yeah, I think that makes sense, but I don't mind any of the other guys if you want, if, if we think they're going to be low owned as a part of a stack. Uh, anything else before we move on to the last game on the early slate? Uh, if Ryan O'Hearn is in, in the lineup again, I assume he will be. Let's play Ryan O'Hearn tomorrow, um, no matter what. That's what, I, that's what I'm going with. I'm waiting for that guy to like break the slate for me. I don't care. Damn I'm going much. with it. <laughs> right? <laughs> playing so much. I'm going with it. Uh, Seattle at Texas, Marco Gonzalez against it'd be Jesse Chavez opening Adrian Sampson coming in. This game has 11 and a half total. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is a slight favorite. Uh, any interest here in Marco Gonzalez? Uh, I would say on a large slate, this game may not be as good to stack as everyone thinks it's going to be, but no, I don't have any interest in Marco Gonzalez. Yeah. Low strikeout pitcher against a team that strikes out a ton with a ton of power. I'm going to pass. Um, <laughs> and then like, you know, obviously we're not looking at Jeffy, Je Jesse Chavez here. We know he's not very good. Um, Samson's been very hit or miss this season, but he's a low strikeout pitcher pitching in the daytime in Texas against a team that has high strikeout rates against and a ton of power. Like both of these pitchers just don't profile well against these teams. Yeah, but like Chavez, like we don't, you know, I actually really have a lot of respect for his career. Like he's done everything, but I don't know how many innings he's going to pitch, you know. And then with Samson, it's, it's, I don't like in general trying to attack mid, like just these mid relief games. You know what I mean? It's like what the Mets were doing last year with, uh, I can't even remember who the guys were, but like, I, it just feels like a, Yes, everybody's going to be all over it. Yes, we're going to play a lot of bats. But I don't think it's it makes too much sense to overly worry. Like, Jesse Chavez might only pitch, like, three innings or two innings. He might pitch five, though. Like, I, I really don't have a good feel for it. Do you have a better feel for it than I do? Yeah, I, I don't think he goes over two. I think two would be the max. Um, he pitched Sunday, so three days ago. Oh, I didn't realize um, he pitched Sunday. Okay. Yeah, and threw 33 pitches in two innings against the Cardinals. Yeah. And so... I'm guessing that we'll see him throw one to two innings in this game. Um, I don't see him throwing over like 45 to 50 pitches. I, I don't see him really going over two innings. I think it's just to give Sampson not maybe not facing the top end three times instead of just facing them two times. So um, yeah, makes sense. That, that's kind of where I'm at. 
Okay, that's that, that. Then I like it a little bit better because in the past, like we've Chavez, we've seen like in the in in spots where we, I didn't know where he was going to go. Like he actually pitched six innings before. Like so, I wasn't. I was just. I didn't have anything on the on or off the table. I just. I think that makes sense though. What you're saying. So I actually, it does make me more interested a little bit. Obviously, there. This is going to be the huge mega chalk. So I'm trying to find a reason not to like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna. I mean, we're obviously going to be firing up all the bats against them. All right, let's start with uh, the Seattle hitters. What do you like here for Seattle? Uh, sorry, he let us down tonight, but Vogelbach again. Um, it's going to be Vogelbach in terms of priority. Vogelbach, Hanager, Encarnacion, uh, Bruce. These are assuming they're in the lineup. Crawford for me. I think Crawford is a guy who I'm going to play more and more, just betting on what I believe his talent level is. Uh, I've had, you know, look, they're, they're fluctuating guys. It's not like these guys are killing it or anything, but weird, like fluky guys, like Ahmed Rosario have made me a lot of money. Like, um, these top prospect guys who haven't quite hit their stride or anything yet in a good game environment, I'm just going to keep betting on their, their talent in the long run and, and think it's going to pay off. And I, I like Crawford actually as a player. So he would be the, the guy behind this other guys who I'm looking at. And when you're going to have chalky places to go, like he's a guy you're going to get less ownership. So he's a guy who stands out to me and I don't mind, you know, stacking him any, if you're going to stack him, stack him any which way. But for me, mostly I'll be looking at like three mans just to try and differentiate from a, you know, a normal four or five man, like everybody else is going to do on this kind of slate. And also I don't like in general trying to stack against, bullpen games that are like that like they're just weird it just just doesn't feel as good but it is a small slate and it obviously is a great spot yeah and like you know we 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 say bullpen game but like samson's thrown you know 70 to 90 pitches or 97 pitches in the cardinal start um the other day so like so it's going to be like one of those things where like chava's gonna throw the first two innings and then samson's gonna throw like a normal workload if he starts getting rocked, obviously that, you know, can change it into a bullpen game. But at that point, you're going to get the bad end of the bullpen of a bullpen that's already bad. So, you know, when you're looking at Seattle, like Vogelbach. I think you'll get the good part of the bullpen because they haven't had to use them at all. <laughs> that's true. Cool. You guys just need some work. Go out and get some work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, pretty much agree with everything you said. Hanniger, you know, Vogelbach E5, Bruce. Uh, the other guy that I want to mention, I know he's not been great, um, it is Malik Smith. Like, I, I think he could bat leadoff here with D Gordon and all these guys banged up. We could see Malik Smith in the leadoff spot instead of Hanniger in this spot. And if that happens, like he's 3,800, the price tag is really fair. He's been terrible since getting called back up from AAA. But all we need him to do is get one one single. One single turns into a stolen base, and then we're off and rolling here at 3,800. Um, so I, I certainly like this spot for him. He's just one, one other guy that I wanted to mention. Uh, Bobby, on the Texas side of things here, Marco Gonzalez, you know, he does get a ton of ground balls, uh, ground ball pitcher to the max. What are you looking at here for Texas? Uh, Gallo is the number one guy and it's not even really that close to anybody else but i think mazara would be the next for me obviously anybody you know can be in play on this slate i think they would go gallo mazara pence cabrera odor uh that would be the way i would look at it but everybody be in play it's 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 gonna be a good game environment um obviously and uh you know forget the wet you know the wind blowing it doesn't really matter in texas it doesn't doesn't matter. Um, it's gonna be hot and humid. So let's just uh, you know any of these 
power bats make sense, but those are just, I guess, the way that I would rank them. Obviously, Chu is a, a great bat. It's just, you know, pricing will become a little bit of an issue at some point, I guess, but I don't know that it will be for the most part, like unless you're playing Castillo and, you know, I don't even know who the other top arm that we would be playing with him because I'm not going to. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Yeah, it's just I, 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 they all make sense, but for me, it's Gallo, Mazzara, Pence in that order, and then uh, Cabrera, Odor. I don't, I don't really have a ton of high, you know, thoughts on any individual after that. It's more just general game environment. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, Calhoun got hurt on Tuesday, so it'll be interesting to see if they like place him on the IL and they call somebody up for this game. Like this game is in Texas, so I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard to get like the shields or somebody up, um, you know, so just kind of pay attention to this lineup, see mm -hmm. if there's any other righties in there. So, um, nothing. It's weird how, how choose bad, how, how bad he's become against lefties when he used to be so good. I don't understand it, but anyway, we can yeah, move on. Derek Cardi so. will say that it was just bound to happen. <laughs> it's such a, it's just, um, all right, let's move on to <laughs> the main slate here. We start with Colorado at Pittsburgh. Um, it's John Gray. I'm seeing like three different dudes. Um, I, I've seen like three different dudes for Pittsburgh, but um, do Ra Pa, um, I, I guess is how you say it, um, is the guy that I'm seeing on a couple of different sites here. So let's just roll with him, I guess. Yeah, I guess we will. Um, it's okay. I, I don't really like on a big, big, which this is kind of a big slate. I'm not really going to play the bats too much from Colorado. But I like Gray a lot. Um, we saw what Marquez did. You got a power pitcher against this Pittsburgh offense that can be really inept. And you get these guys with, like, one of the biggest stadium upgrades from what they face in general. And it's not just stadium upgrades. Like, the offenses they have to face between the Dodgers, like, yeah, we know the Padres strike out, but they have power. And then even the Diamondbacks, like, that every you just look over the years, you know, what these guys have done has been mostly measured. You know, that's been basically 35, 33% of the games they've pitched have been to those teams in those games, in those situations. So I get really interested. That's why I was very high on Marquez tonight or Marquis, however you want to pronounce his last name. And I'm going to feel the same way about Gray tomorrow. There's huge K upside for him in every matchup. I like the situation. I like the stadium. I love the upgrade in ballpark. Uh, I'm curious how popular he'll be, but definitely one of my priority guys. Uh, if he's not going to be crazy popular because we have some great arms, uh, I think he's a really, really good pivot off those. Yeah, I like John Gray um, for all the same reasons that you said. I, I like Marquez on Tuesday. I like um, Gray in this spot. It's Derepa um, is how you say it. Uh, so. <laughs> That's he a opened... terrible way to say it. <laughs> Can we say it another way? <laughs> that no. sounded that didn't sound good. It sounded like sounded like something should be bleeped or something. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> yeah. he opened he opened um for the Pirates against the Padres uh, on Saturday. So he's gonna serve as an opener again. Um I'm so sick of these openers. It doesn't I can't find anything that who's gonna come in after him. Um, I'm going to pass on Derepa. He is a really good reliever from what I'm seeing, like his numbers and stuff. Um, you know, this season, even, you know, we, we don't really have anything else to go off of. He wasn't around, um, in, in 2018 or 2017. Yeah. I think you just like, 
if you end up, you know, stuck with wanting any bat on Colorado and they just end up placing there and they're one of their good hitters, you can take them. But like, I'm not going to play anybody against them in this spot without, or I'm not going to speak on it until I at least know who's pitching behind them. Like I have no idea what's going to happen here. So not really a spot I want to target on a, on a giant slate. Yeah. Just going to have to see like who it is. Um, Maybe not giant slate, but it is a great, I'm sorry. It's a very, like, there's a lot here on this slate. Oh yeah. And and, like, I I just, we need to see who it is. Uh, It's tough to talk about the spot until we find out who it is. So, you know, if, if it's a righty, I don't mind Dahl and Blackman. Their prices kind of come down a little bit. Um, I think they, they came down a little bit from what I see. No, Blackman's still really expensive, but David Dahl is 4,200. So and I, I think don't mind. he's super cheap on FanDuel. Okay. I noticed that today. He was like 2,700 or something, which is just way too cheap for who he is. Um, the Pittsburgh side of things, anything standing out to you against John Gray? Uh, I don't, I, I'm not in this slate. It's, I mean, everything is just, uh, okay, we can take a shot. I want to point out that I think Brian Reynolds is actually a really good baseball player. And I think Cole Tucker is going to be a good baseball player. Um, but I'm not going to play them here. Yeah, the only guy that I have interest here is Josh Bell. Uh, that's the only guy. Guy keeps Can you play him, ball. though? Can you play him on this Why slate? Why can't you? Because there's another guy who's 300 more than him that I would take in every matchup against any player against Josh Bell in any match. Like, I really... I just don't see him being better than anybody around him. I know he's been hot. I know he's been whatever, but like Bellinger's 300 more. Let's just play Bellinger. I, guess I don't care Voight's about the, cheaper too. Yeah. Voight's cheaper, like against arguably one of the, at this point, one of the five worst baseball pitchers and especially in one of the five worst parks for his type of pitching. He got a fly ball pitcher in Baltimore. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's just where I'm at. Like, I just can't see Peng playing him over these other guys. But again, there's been plenty of slates where I, I would have been wrong this year, but I wouldn't have been that wrong because I'd be playing Bellinger, who's probably hitting a home run, a double, walking and stealing the base. Yeah, Bell's definitely homering now. Um, Yankees at Orioles, CC Sabathia, Dan Straley, 10 total, Sabathia, 210 favorite. Uh, any interest here in CC Sabathia? I'm just marking down that Bell's going to homer because um, now, 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 now I'm, now I'm going to throw him in a lineup. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, not going to not do it. I'm sorry. What was the, so CC you said, no, I'm not going to yeah. play CC. Uh, I actually, I, what is his, what is his price? I didn't even like, didn't register when I went through this slate at first. He's, you know, this is the kind of matchup where you can see him having a really good game. He's cheap enough. I guess. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it. I'm just trying to look at it. Like, it's not like we have like an exciting low end to choose from. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess like Cole Irvin would have been my my cheap guy. Um, but what's the weather? The wind, I didn't. The wind sorry. is going to be blowing out, so oh, probably geez. not going to play him. <laughs> Maybe go the other way on that one. Um, <laughs> I like Cole Irvin. Um, I like his stuff. I watched his last start. It was pretty solid. Um, even though he gave up some runs against Colorado, it was a good start. He's. I'm very. I'm very up in the air on him myself, but I. I. I get it. I. I respect your opinion. I don't think I would play him with the wind blowing out here. In Chicago, oh no no no! I'm definitely not. No, yeah. yeah. No, no. Um. Yeah. No interest in Sabathia. No interest in Straley. Let's talk Yankees bats here. I guess Sabathia is not a terrible play. Um. Just you, you know, roster construction wise, if if he's in there, I guess it's not terrible. 
Yeah, but I guess you can pay you if you're going to take that angle. I guess why not play Porcello against an offense that you could just accidentally walk into? An, although they're better these days, so that's the only. Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, I'm putting him on my list. Yeah, and I like Max Freed too. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, Yankees bats, Bobby. Tell me which but not which bat not to play here. So I'm trying to think of so don't play Judge, <laughs> don't play Stanton, <laughs> don't play Andujar. Um, everyone else is a go. Yeah, I, I love this team. Like Yankees. I know they're going to be chalky. I don't care. They're my top stack on the slate. I'm going to do everything I can to fit them in. Um, I'm just going to play as much as I possibly can in the Yankees here. Don't care. Don't care about ownership. Don't care. So you know that I script sometimes. And even if I script, I, sometimes I only script for like 15 lineups. And I'll just enter that in three times into things and then whittle it down or something. But what I my general thing is, is that I try to avoid popular Yankee stacks, especially while they're not the same. And I try to avoid... But what I do is I always, when I'm going to avoid the stack, I always set it that I have one Yankee in every lineup. There is a lot of power still left without, even without the top level guys. Um, and I might set it to, to two tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do with this game because it's going to be so popular. I, I was sort of surprised that even with as big as the slate was, like I know Frazier was batting seventh, but he was one of my top, plays of the day today and i'm not saying that to say it as a bragging thing it just made me think like on a yankee stack that was pretty chalky on a giant slate this guy had like less than half the ownership of everybody else's now it's going to jump tomorrow i'm just pointing it out that we can take our shots on these other guys and you know i'm not sure if i'm going to fully stack it i like the idea of mini stacking it and trying to get it right but it's really hard because it's just this bullpen is awful straley is awful you have a fly ball pitcher in Baltimore. Everything is, you know, it's heating up. It's just, it is hard to avoid. I just hate playing chalk in baseball. So I'm trying to find reasons not to. But honestly, looking at the whole slate, it's hard to afford these guys with some of the other pitchers. So maybe it won't be quite as chalky and maybe we can find ways. I would just encourage people to try and look for the lower own parts of the stack because nobody's so much better of a hitter with the best hitters out other than Sanchez. And even him, like this guy hit 180 last year, like barely was like a major league level player. Um, he's not that anymore. He's not that overall. I'm just pointing out that it's not like you have like extremely, you know, huge edge on any of these guys at these prices, in my opinion, against Australia, they all make sense to me. I don't see anyone like other than Sanchez and it's, Avoid, they all profile extremely well. They're just extremely expensive, and it's just it's pick your pick whichever ones you want. I'm having trouble deciding which ones I would want. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll see. Like, I think we see Sanchez back behind the point here, Romine back on the bench, Morales back in the lineup, and Morales is 3,500. Expect him to be very, very popular. Um, I think he is your cash game first baseman. I can't lie. Like, I'm perfectly without okay a, without a doubt. Like, just I'll take the free square. I don't even care. Um, in cash games, doesn't matter. But like stacking this team is going to be really tough. I, I actually disagree with you. I don't think they're going to be like super popular. I was just when you were when you were talking. I know you haven't done this yet, but I was like, I took like two mid tier pitchers and tried to stack these guys. And I'm it's doing really it right tough. now. Yeah, I've been doing it while I was talking while I was talking about it. It's it it hard. Their their pricing is just so tough that it's going to be tough to stack them, and you're going to have to get creative with your stacks. And people will do it though. They'll make it oh, work. Yeah. 
for sure. I'm trying no, to figure gonna out make the pitcher they're going to use to make it. Okay, well, if everybody's going to make it work, what pitcher are they going to be using? Tell me that. Um, who's the know, who's the chief Porcello guy? is probably going to be that chalkier guy, and Max Fried uh, against San Francisco and San Francisco. Those would be the two guys that you know I was looking at to try to make it work. One of the worst, like you know, guys on the slate, like might end up getting in some lineups. And literally in one of the worst matchups possible for him, <laughs> just because of the location of the game. Um, Who Max like Fried's that. terrible? You said no, 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 no. Oh, no, I, I, no, I, Ooh, like I was gonna. We were we were no, gonna no, no, no. throw gloves. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm all about Max Fried. I was gonna say there. There's two guys who I just. It's just they're just terrible plays. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> but like that's what you'd have to do to fit in the stacks that I want, and you would need to play like one of Harvey or Samarsha. <laughs> Or 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 which I wouldn't do. So it's like I don't know, man. It's really <laughs> ugly. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm just looking at it. I'm just going. Oh, um, any bats that you want to take here against CC Sabathia? You know his numbers have increased this year. The hard hit rates up. The ISOs up. He's not getting as many ground balls as he usually was. Uh, is there anybody standing out to you here? This used to be my favorite spot because he pitched against them all the time and the Orioles didn't change forever. But to be honest with you, like I think that I always end up with playing a little bit of Mancini in most of my lineups just because I feel like he's always under-owned and everything. Not not just because it's a lefty. He hits where he's just the same, but like for power. Um, but I think it would be Mancini. I don't really have anybody else who jumps out to me. I understand if you want to make an argument for anybody, but it's just not going to happen on this slate for me. Yeah, I like Nunez. I hate the fact he's only a first baseman. So if I play him, it'd probably be on Fandle. But That's I like Al- Alberto. Um, his numbers are increasing a lot against left-handed pitching, and he hasn't walked the season against lefties. So he's oh, is the he going to get play. that leadoff spot again? He's probably going to bat leadoff again. He, bat, he, went he hit to, leadoff. Yeah, he went back to eighth, but against the lefty, he probably will go back to leadoff. Yeah, so like I have some interest in him, and then Severino at catcher. Like I don't mind Baltimore here. Like. The only thing about taking these Baltimore bats, you need them to do their damage against CC Sabathia because you're getting that good Yankees bullpen. So, like you, you're needing, you're 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 lowering your upside by needing them to do it in like two at bats instead of like four against different teams. So, you know that that's, that's the downside. Very good, very good point. But it, you know, you get Alberto. At, you know, he's cheap still, right? Yeah, he's still cheap. Yep. Like, yeah, you play you you play him. Like, it's just. That was the easiest play in the world, except for the other only problem is that the Twins throw their guy out there at the same price. Like you get these guys at these prices, and they don't need the best hitters in the world. To, they're leading off. What's funny is we keep talking about they're terrible, like him and Wilkerson, and people go, "Oh, he's terrible." They keep saying it. I hear it on air every day. These guys are are like winning everybody all the money. <laughs> like you can't have won certain like a huge amount of the tournaments, like thirty percent of the tournaments without guys like this in the last week. Or yeah. you know, with those specific guys. Are you talking <laughs> about um, Alberto? Aries? No, it's not Minnesota guy. You're talking about Aries? Aries? Like, yeah, Aries, like I, Aries we got done with. Me and Dean did the the flagship show today, and we got done with it. And like, I saw the lineup right after, and I went and chat. I was like, make sure you play Aries. Um, and he hit a home run like five minutes ago. So no way, dude. This is the yeah. first that I'm so annoyed. I didn't play him tonight because Sano <laughs> was out of the roster, so I decided not to stack them. Shit. Oh, all oh, right. Sorry. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to derail you, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't derail me. Don't derail me. Let's move on. Um, Boston at Toronto. Rick Porcello, Aaron Sanchez, nine and a half total. Any interest here in Porcello? So, yes, <laughs> I think that Porcello is 
the problem is like, what do we know about this Toronto team? So I had a really, this is my frustration, just really, really quick thing tonight. Um, I always play Tellez every night. Like I play him. It's a, you know, he's like one of those guys who at, at, on a bad slate, he'll, he'll sneak in as he'll squeak in as a Dean, a Dean or a 10%. But I always play him more than smoke because the ownership now on a huge slate, like tonight, it didn't matter. And obviously it was a lefty lefty matchup for him. But he still was batting fourth. I, I played smoke. He was 2% owned. I stand by what I did, but I, cause I played a lot of Guerrero. I played a lot of Grichik and I had a lot of like Jansen and a lot of like weird, like three man stacks from uh, Toronto. And I was really frustrated because tell us at two home runs and that would have been nice. But tomorrow, like, I, I think this is a spot where I think that Porcello is definitely a guy who makes a ton of sense. I still think that there is some risk. So I would love if he's going to be like, if there's going to be like ownership flocking towards him, I would love like at least getting a couple of these Baltimore bats in there because there is some massive upside like here for, with these guys. And I think that their offense is finding their stride. I think Guerrero is the real deal and will be a top 30 hitter by like, I think by the end of the year, if not the end of like, I don't know, the next few months, like he's going to, he's going to be a top player in baseball without a doubt. And this lineup is about, is going to be a lot better really quickly. And I think it's happening. I just don't know if I want to like fully stack it, but I do want some pieces if Porcello is going to be chalky. I also have interest in Porcello because I still believe in the ineptitude of most of the offense. Yeah, the thing about Porcello is like, you know, you're not going to get strikeouts, but he doesn't give up a ton of hard contact and he generates a ton of soft contact. So like that guy that typically gives up a lot of home runs. So like it's kind of a mixed bag with me on Porcello. I like Freed more if I'm going in that range, but I don't mind looking at Porcello either. Um, Aaron Sanchez, you know, a, another guy that generate doesn't generate a ton of power. Like, you know, he's a guy that I like to stack against sometimes, but it typically doesn't work out. You know, I stack good sinker guys against him and Boston Red Sox hit sinkers well. So, you know, I, I don't think I'll play Aaron Sanchez in this spot, but it wouldn't shock me if he goes out and he pitches a decent game here because that's what he does. Because he's a good pitcher. This is where people don't understand things about, like, baseball. Like, he had arm injuries. This guy was on his way up. Same thing with Stroman. Like, these guys are much better actual, like, thinking pitchers than people give him credit for. You can definitely target them at times because their stuff isn't the same. It's not there. They're not electric. They can't get the swing miss rate that these other guys can. Although Sanchez, I'm kind of interested to see where his future goes because I could see him turning, like, the right way versus the wrong. I don't think I'm going to take him here, but I also don't think I'm all that interested in like stacking against him. Although I don't mind some of the Boston bats. Yeah. The thing about like Sanchez is he is a better real life pitcher, but he's so frustrating too, because he gets the ground balls, but um, his, his control issues too drive me nuts. That's why I can't play him against the Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox bats here. You know, I, I kind of already said that, like, they hit sinker as well. Mookie, JD, Benintendi, Moreland. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. hit sinkers really well if you're looking for some value. He finally hit a home run. Um, I didn't play him, but he hit a home run. Uh, but he's 2,600 if you're looking for some value. That really irritated me because it, it negated my 40%. I was really proud of it. I, I went out. I wrote two things in chat that I actually made, like, a like one actual claim. I write a lot of things. But I said yesterday that Tyler Wright would hit his first home run, and I promised tonight that Brian Anderson would hit a home run. He came to it late, 
but that sort of negated it because Jackie Bradley Jr. was the other cheap guy that other people played. Um, I think this is a good matchup. And you know what? Hey, Bradley, pretty good, pretty good little, you know, it's not a giant sample size, but he's five for 17 with the home run, a double, you know, only a couple strikeouts. You know, it makes sense that I always love when the, you know, you know me, I like to look at the, when the pitch type mat matches up, if there is any BVP, it's not a huge amount of BVP, but like 17 at bats, you know, a good and a good sample always gives you a little better feeling. I don't mind taking a shot on these guys. I just don't think I'm going to stack them. I think JD would be my preferred play uh, followed by Mookie. And then honestly, maybe JBJ just because the price. Yeah, JBJ is going to be interesting today um, just because of the price. <laughs> like, I can already tell you I have interest just because of the price. Uh, Toronto Bats Can I make here... one comment about Benintendi real quick? Sure. Because I do think that people play him way too much. Like, I think that he's a good hitter in a really good situation that has no – I no is nowhere near any of the hitters who are anywhere near his price anywhere and is only in that situation because of where he's at. That's my personal take. As good as he is, as good as you might think he is, I know he's young still. He might He's going to get better, and maybe I'll eat my words. I know you're a Red Sox fan. <laughs> but I'm just saying I don't see the same things. I don't see him as a guy I need to play when I play the Red Sox. I do fear ever-fading bets and, and – and, uh, Actually, I only fear Betts and Martinez. Uh, ben Attendi, I just don't think, is a guy you need to fit in, especially like most of the season he's been the same price as these guys, and I just don't think that's really a, a good value play in any format, in my opinion, when you compare him with Betts, versus J Betts and JD. He's just nowhere near the player those guys are. Yeah, for sure. I I like Ben Attendi. I think he's a really good player, so I'm biased, and um, I don't want to get into it right this but second. But he's not JD and Mookie. Come on. No, he's not JD and Mookie. JD and Mookie are elite plays. Um, yeah, ben Penny's yeah. not an elite player. He's a very good player. Um, Toronto side of things, I will say, as a uh, as a Red Sox fan, Bobby, I can tell you right now, Justin Smoke owns um, Rick Porcello. I don't have to go look at the BVP. Uh, I already know you. You can look it up if you want to, but Justin Smoke hits home runs off Porcello um, a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I just started typing in Porcello. I'm not going to say the first things that came up when I typed in P-O-R. That was just a joke. <laughs> um, but it actually happened. Um, anyway, no, uh, I do agree that, that Justin, uh, uh, yeah, Justin Smoke is an elite play, but I'm going, I want to play Smoke. I, I still want to play Tellez. I want to play Vlad. I'm, I just don't want to play all of them together. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe those three, but I don't think I want to go more than three against Porcello on this slate. I just, I really like the idea of like a little mini stack, a two man. I don't mind like if you want to make a three man with like the catcher with Jansen or something. I wish I could play Tellas and uh, Smoke. Obviously, I can't, but on fantasy draft, you can. So maybe that's what I'll do over there. Actually, 100% that's what I'll do over there. All right, we got the Dodgers and the Rays. Rich Hill against um, the opener and then Chirinos um, going to be coming in after that. You know, this lineup, I didn't have a ton of interest in Kershaw, and then the lineup came out, and, like, Kershaw became, like, a top three pitcher for me on Tuesday. I like Rich Hill in this spot. Um, I don't love him, but I do think he has a ton of strikeout upside. When we're looking at this slate, just overall, there's a ton of guys up towards the top. Like this, this slate is just stacked: Cole, Scherzer, Degrom, and then you got Rich Hill. Um, I, I certainly don't mind Rich Hill here, upside wise. But do you think he has the upside of Degrom, Scherzer, and Cole? 
It makes no sense. But the the weirdest thing is if we would have taken the last three weeks and just like just as tournament players and just played the Dodger pitchers and it would have made us a fortune because all these things taking like it was a great call what you said today after the lineup came out with Kershaw. And honestly, like he had like his his game could have been much, much bigger than it was like it took it took a really bad you know end to it to, to change things. Uh, and he still had a great game. I, I totally think that Hill is a is in a really weird spot where it wouldn't surprise me if he was the highest scoring pitcher. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a finger blister in the second inning and he's taken out of the game. Um, I don't think it's worth it for me. I don't know if I'm going to, if, if I play a hundred lineups, he'll be in 15 of them. If I play 30 lineups, he might not be in any of them because they're like, it's really hard to argue against the two guys above them, except for just the ownership play, which I guess, so uh, let me say that again. If he's, if he's, if I play 30, he'll be in at least a couple, but he's, I can't see him being more than like a guy. I play a 10% just strictly from a game theory perspective. Yeah, I, I like Hill just because of the strikeout upside. Um, you look at this Rays lineup, everybody has a strikeout rate over 20% against left-handed pitching this season. So uh, I think – and the other thing, like, I brought up uh, with Kershaw on the Grinders Live show yesterday was, the, you know, we get an NL team going to an AL ballpark, and usually that doesn't make a ton of difference. But with Dave Roberts, it does. So um, the other side of this game, though, Torinos, I have zero interest in Torinos. Um, you know, a right-handed pitcher against the Dodgers, zero interest. Yeah, it, uh, I don't have any interest in any pitcher in Dodgers. <laughs> um, Jock Peterson, Bellinger, probably my two favorite plays from the Dodgers in this spot. I don't want to stack them necessarily no. because of the ballpark and pricing, but I don't mind taking like a, a couple of these lefties. Seager's still cheap at thirty seven hundred. Like you know, Muncie, those guys. I don't mind those guys. I do think if you script, you should stack them like. You know, they, they should, they're a team that's worthy of like a 10% like stack if you're making a ton of lineups, or maybe a 5% if you're making a ton of lineups, maybe 10 is too much, but it's not a stack you're going to go for. I do love Bellinger, uh, Muncy, Seeger, especially. I think Seeger is going to explode, and I don't think anyone's really ready for it yet. Um, I think he's the best play in this game, and I think he's the guy who you want in your most lineups. I just, he gets overlooked. He's been struggling, but he's coming together. He's hitting the ball well. Uh, he's seen the ball way, way better. He looks like the old Seager. This guy had more balls hit at the warning track uh, the last his last year than anybody. You know, he was playing in Dodger Stadium, and I, I'm just saying, like, no, it's not an upgrade or anything exactly, but I just always like him. Not just outside of Dodger Stadium. I think he's got 10 extra feet of power in him where he's going to hit 40 home runs one year. And I want to be ahead of the curve on Seager. So I always play a ton of them. And I'm going to keep doing it tomorrow. I think it's a good spot for him. And he's the guy who I have the most interest in. Um, Raise bats. I don't mind Tommy Pham, but he's expensive. So I probably won't play him here. Um, probably going to stay away from the Rays here. There's not really anything that's like standing out to me on paper. Yeah, I think I would stay away. Uh, Fam would have been the one guy I would have looked at, but definitely. Uh, I do think that if, like, if somehow if Robertson ends up like in the second, you know, or third, like he ends up, you know, if they mix up the lineup. If he's batting like second or third, he's so cheap. I don't mind taking a shot with him. Love cheap bets, so I have no issues with that. Whatsoever. Oh, and Darno, Darno as well. Um, all right, moving. You talk about Mathis all day, but you didn't talk about Darno too. Although it didn't yeah. end up working out because he was playing Kershaw, yeah. but he's twenty three hundred, man. 
any cheap catcher is in my player pool. Like, yeah, that is so Darno should be in there. Yeah, but I like the spot for Mathis even more, but it didn't work out either. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. Washington at New York. Um, it seems like we get this game once or twice a year. It's Max Scherzer against Jacob deGrom, six and a half total. It's a pick em game. Um, what are we doing here with Max Scherzer? Well, you're definitely crazy if you don't think I'll have one lineup where they're both pitching on in it. Um, first of all, I, 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 I don't have the track record and I wish I would have looked it up beforehand and I'm sorry I was not prepared enough to do so because I would love to see how those matchups have occurred because I know the way that Scherzer's mind works. I love DeGrom as a pitcher. I, you know him better, obviously, than probably anybody else talking DFS. But I think that Scherzer is the biggest competitor. I love him. I play him more than anybody, even when his stuff is off, just because he will battle. He will, he will go out there and try and throw 120 pitches. If he has to get through his six innings, he'll do anything he can. And he will try to strike every single person out. Even if it means giving up bombs, he doesn't care. And that's the kind of pitcher I want in DFS. Um, and I think it'll, it only heightens when you face each other. Like I, I don't think about narratives that often, but I do think these kind of things matter for for guys like Scherzer. And I know it matters for guys like Trevor Bauer when he plays Garrett Cole. You know, we saw, you know, he's thrown, I think, 155 pitches in the last two times he's faced each other. This is the kind of situation where I think you can take a shot with both guys. I prefer the Scherzer side of it, but I don't mind playing both of them and trying to find a really mini stack to try and play with them because I could see it like a light a lights out game from both. Yeah, I like both these guys. Um, I, I will certainly um, have both of these guys in here. So I, I like both these guys. Um, DeGrom dominated this team in his first start this season. So I certainly I'll, – I'll be mixing and matching these guys. Um, as far as cash games go, I probably lean towards Scherzer, but I can see playing Cole or DeGrom. Um, but the Mets have been kind of cold, so I, I lean towards Scherzer because of that. But – Garrett Cole, we just saw what Verlander did to the White Sox, so he he certainly is a guy that you're going to consider for cash games as well. Is there any hitter in this game that you'd play? I love taking like if I'm, if I'm not playing the pitcher, I always love taking shots against guys like Scherzer, especially because they give up bombs. But I just don't think I'm going to end up doing it, to be honest with you. I think it's not worth it. If there was anybody, honestly, it'd probably be Cano. Um, but that's it. Yeah, I, I don't mind that, but like, I'm just I'm probably not going to try to find the needle in the haystack here. So, um, Miami at Detroit, Jose Arena, Daniel Norris, eight and a half total. Um, any interest here in Jose Arena? No. <laughs> yes. No. No. The will. No. Um, I'm going to pass on him as well. Sixty two hundred against Detroit makes a ton of sense. If this game was in Miami, um, I would probably have a share or two, but not going to do it here. Um, Daniel Norris, any interest? Yes. Like slightly, right? Like it's Miami. I think they, he's a better pitcher than people think he is. Yeah, I, I can see that. And they just, they don't have any power bats. Like, uh, man, Turnbull really disappointed me, but I, I think Norris is a little interesting. He just doesn't strike people out, which is certainly concerning. I mean, it's a totally different situation because he, you know, he's a lefty. But like, I look at these matchups he went to, he went through as a lefty for for lefties, and as you know, especially a guy who wasn't wasn't starting to start the year. I don't 
believe. Yeah, he wasn't at the beginning. No, he didn't. He came out of the bullpen at the very beginning. Um, he's actually pitched pretty well against bad teams. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think there's upside. I, I, I think that obviously everybody against Miami, like we're, we're interested in, but Norris has been pretty, like he's a decent ish pitcher and, and he's been in some tough matchups and I think he's worth taking a shot on. I really do. He's cheap enough. He's the other guy along with CeCe that I just, I think I have a little bit of interest in. I don't think the upside is crazy, but like if he gets me 20 to 25, I'm thrilled. And I think that's really possible. Yeah, fair enough. Um, And the more I think about it, the more I might have a share or two of Jose Arena. I can't lie. Just thinking about how right-handed heavy this team is, you know, everybody that they keep calling up is right-handed too. Like I might... Like I didn't realize he's sixty two hundred. Like fifteen fantasy points at sixty two hundred on this slate, and I get my stacks, and they do what they need to do. I'm. I'm do you think Urena is better than than the Norris? Do I think he's better? Probably not. Do I think that he can go out and do the same thing Norris does? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I think the I think the risk level is a lot higher with Urena than Norris, for what it's mm-hmm. worth. I think the risk level is higher, and I think the upside is much lower. That's my personal take. No, I That's, get it. You know, I don't disagree. Like, I think th- I think there's a couple. Th- I think that they're going to change their. Li- I don't think that their projected lineup is going to look what their like what their lineup looks like. Um, I love. I actually love. Maybe it's the problem is I just absolutely love a couple of hitters on the other side of this game. So that's part of the issue. But, yeah, no problem. You know how sometimes you lock into one side of it, it makes it a little bit harder to see the other side. That's a little bit. I think what's happened to me here. Yeah, it's just going to be more of like price thing. Like, am I going to need somebody down that far? Do I play some of the mid-tier guys? That's kind of where I'm going to be looking. Um, but like a guy like Goodrum against Urena is an elite play. Like I at 4,400, he's 3,500, and he's got multi-position eligibility. Um, for a multi-lineup entering guy, even if it's only a few different lineups, that's a guy who I want heavy exposure to. Like I, I, I love this spot for him and Kristen Stewart. I think these guys are better than what they've shown. The hard hit rate for, I mean, I just from what I've even like watched, not to mention what what's actually happening, is, is much better than the numbers they've shown. I think that you're going to see some better like numbers in the future. And the price I can't get over. It's just it's too cheap. Like everybody in this lineup is, you know, free, and we're going to need something to go with some of the bigger stacks and pitchers we want. And I just feel like these guys are so cheap. It makes it easy and. I'll play the two lefties and throw in Castellanos. You have a nice little three man and there's no problem. Once you get past your reina too, like even as you can limit damage, that bullpen is awful. I don't want to fully stack, but I don't mind a two or three man. Yeah. I, I certainly don't disagree with that. Um, the guy I like is Ronnie Rodriguez, but he's been so good that his price is just so high that it's really tough to play him. But in tournaments, like I don't ever look at pricing. I just play who I want to play in tournaments and build around it. Um, mm-hmm. The Miami side of things, there's not really anything standing out to me, but I'm not going to say that I'm not going to play any Miami hitters today just because they're absolutely ridiculously cheap. And if I need somebody to kind of fill a spot in a lineup, like I think they make sense. Like Brian, Brian Anderson's 3,100. Like if I end up on 3,100 and I need somebody, I'm not saying that I'm not going to play him um, is kind of where my thought process is here. Yeah, I agree 100%. And the problem is, like, I actually think that 
even though I made the, the Daniel Norris like pitch that this is the way that you play the slate. Like you, you take at least a couple bats for Miami and, and I mean, first of all, Detroit is a terrible bullpen and it's not like you can't get there in other ways with this team, like 10 points from two of them, just, it, you know, with upside, you know, you get one bomb. Like I don't mean just Anderson. I mean like Castro is who I would look at next. I don't mind playing Alfaro with the power upside. If you wanted, you can't play. I mean, they're, they're not probably not going to start Granderson. So that kind of limits a little bit more, but I don't mind trying to, uh, Cooper has been hitting. If you want you know, a low cheap guy to fill in with, I don't know what, who's going to end up catching tomorrow. So whether it's Wallach or Alfaro, I'm assuming it's Alfaro, but um, yeah, I, I think you do take some of these bats as a way to try and pay up for whether it's New, your New York, you know, whatever stack it is that you need to pay up for, or it's, you know, to save up to pay for that pitching. These are definitely guys who have been heavily played in my lineups, not always to the best effect tonight. I thought it was going to be a, a good turnaround. Um, a lot of times you get excited about a Miami lineup because they get a, they get you five points. It's not like most teams. Um, a player on there, you know, a player or whatever from that stack, but it's, it's still like, I don't, I don't want to stack it, but I like the, you know, again, one, two, maybe three in certain spots. If you want to try and uh, build the rest of your lineup a certain way, they can, uh, they allow you the price to do that. Yeah. They recalled um, Austin Dean on Tuesday, by the way, too. I know he wasn't great. Um, he's been great in AAA this season. He's just struggled in the majors, So this might be a good spot for him to, Kind of bounce back. Uh, Birdie got put on the um, DL. I'm still called DL, but um, so you know he's another cheap guy. But uh, let's move on here. Philadelphia at Chicago. Um, Cole Irvin against Cole Hamels. No total on this game. 75 degrees with 13 mile an hour winds blowing out to left center. Kevin Roth weather edge is, is certainly something that I'll be looking at for this game just to kind of get an idea just of what I'm looking at. 70 degrees. 75 degrees at first pitch is what I'm seeing. Oh, let's just – this is so easy. This slate just became real easy. Yeah, what what Bobby's about to say is uh, we're not playing Cole Irvin, and we're probably not playing Cole Hamels. We're definitely not playing Cole Hamels. Like 9,500 for Hamels. No, I'll pass. Uh, let's talk bats. Let's just get right into the bats. This is the, this is the spot we want to target. Um, I'm, I'm really quickly looking because – They've so been we have no so total, deep. right? Hoskins is 4,100 on this slate with the wind blowing out to the left center. Bryce Harper is 42. Real Muto is 43. McCutcheon's 4K. Like, all of the Philly bats are cheap here. Your boy, Sean Rodriguez, is 3,400. It's uh, everybody. It's – I just I, – I literally have a bunch of notes, and I, nobody else can see it. But, like, I do a, a circle and line – process that has like 19 Philly. I've been waiting for this. It's, it's the right spot. Like what I love about this Philly team is I stack this team so much. And what's crazy is they'll score four runs in a night and I'll make money because there'll be two home runs and there'll be four stolen bases. These guys run, they run against pitchers that have trouble holding runners on. They are aggressive. They have power. They're cheap. They, for, for their prices, I think they have the most talent of anybody on this slate. I really do. Like, if you had to measure talent versus prices of a team, they're just way too cheap. I'm not saying, I want, like, in general, picking on Cole Hamels on a 10-game slate is the right way to go. I'm curious where this total opens up. 
looking at this weather, looking at what we're looking at, it's really hard for me not to get extremely excited about playing every part of the Philly stack and figuring out the rest tomorrow. I know everybody is going to be on the New York stack or, or play them together, like do things like that. Like this, it just feels very hard for me not to be extremely excited about this Philly stack. Yeah. Um, and, and like looking at the Cubs side, the other side of this game, like, you know, Bryant, Baez, Contreras, Boat, um, you know, with with, with um, Zobris on the DL or IL again, Baez is banged up. We'll have to even see if he's in the lineup. Like Addison Russell might draw a start. He's 3,500. Like, you know, we, we might get some cheaper bats in this game. If David Boat's in there, he's 3,900. Like if Baez is banged up, there's probably a chance they don't play Descalzo. They play Russell and Boat here. And like we get two cheap righties against Phil Irvin or Cole Irvin. And they're both under 4K with the wind blowing out to left center. Like it's a good spot with the wind and the, the heat. So don't mind looking at the Cubs righties in this spot. Love it. It's, uh, I mean, it's hard for me to go back. I'm like, I look just to everyone because I've got, I've been in a huge Twitter war with a bunch of people. I don't understand certain things really bother people. When I said Paul George was a top 20 player like two years ago, it really pissed people off. They thought he was like not even top 50. And I won that one. I don't think Chris Bryant is a top 25 hitter in baseball. And I don't think that's that crazy to say. I can name 25 hitters at the top of my head. But doesn't mean he's not good. Doesn't mean against a lefty with the wind blowing out at Wrigley that he's not a good play. Uh, yeah, I like the play. Um, is he just third base eligible now on DK? I think he is, right? No, Bryant? Yeah, I'm just making sure he's still outfield eligible, right? Yeah, still outfield. Okay, good. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's just I love third base, so I don't play him as much. I I would love to play him here. Um, I my favorite play though would be Bodie. That's the guy I'd be looking at first. Uh, I love the Contreras play at catcher. You're gonna have people paying up for uh, for Gary the Goat, and uh, I love Addison Russell. Even if he's batting further down in the order, I really like this lineup. I just think that this is the game. Like I'm into it. I. I don't know what the total is going to be on this game. I'm curious to see where it goes, where it, where it starts and where it goes. I really like picking on pitchers like Hamels. Actually, I like I like the way Hamels has pitched this year. I think he's been much, much better. I really believe in Philly's offense. I don't think it matters with the way they play. They're patient. They take good pitches. They take good cuts for the most part outside of Bryce Harper. Um, I really actually even him. But I trust this team, and I just feel like they're a team that could score 15 runs any night. Give him any extra excuse. This is a perfect reason on a, you know, maybe a, not an obvious spot on a slate like this. And I'm just going to be all over this game, especially the Philly side of it. And that's not going to be a popular take, I know, but I do think it's the right way to go. All right. Um, moving on here Chicago at Houston. Ivan Nova, Garrett Cole, eight and a half total. Garrett Cole is a 350 favorite, massive favorite, just like we saw for Verlander. Um, I made the mistake of fading Verlander on Tuesday. Probably not going to make the same st mistake here. Do you have any interest in Ivan Nova first? I don't think it's a mistake to not pay down for pitching, but I understand like why it seems like that now. Um, it, there was plenty of ways to win without Verlander though, too. Just so you know, like I think I don't think that was like a, a terrible mistake. I think that you don't play Nova, obviously. Uh, Houston is the is to me the next stack I want because I. 
I didn't want all the Yankee chalk. Although now that I look at it, there's other places that I really that are I really like. So I I think that it, the Astros probably like on their own maybe ahead of. I, I'm still curious where this game opens up in Philly and Chicago, but the Astros on their own are one of my favorite stacks against Nova. Um, Garrett Cole. Minus 350 against Chicago with all the strikeout upside in this lineup. Like, he's certainly somebody we're looking at here. The dude has a 16.3% swinging strike rate with a 38.3% strikeout rate this season. So, we need to figure out the ownership on these guys, buddy. This is what it's going to come down to. Like, I know. It, it, but the weirdest part is that, like, I think that there, I think there's a really good case to be made for just skipping them all for tournaments. It's been the right way to go almost the entire season, to be honest. There's a few times where paying up for those guys has worked, and I always do it. I always build the lineups, and some of those have been my best lineups. One of my best lineups of the year was where I paid up for both pitchers. The funniest part is that if Hunjin Ryu doesn't throw a complete game that night, I end up winning $100,000. But because I didn't, I actually thought about him. I didn't step down because I just wanted to go for the extremes on each side. Um, I'm, weirdly, I'm probably going to do the same tonight. I'm probably going to pair the high-end guys and stack the really cheap guys together and then try and go completely the opposite with my other lineups. But Cole is like a terrific individual pivot off of the other guys, depending on where the chalk ends up. And to be honest with you, like, are you having as much trouble figuring out where the chalk's going to be as I am? I think Cole will be the lowest stone of the group. For sure. Just just because Scherzer and DeGrom name-wise. Who's higher on between Scherzer and DeGrom? Probably Scherzer, Scherzer right? Scherzer, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I think we can make the argument um, for any of these three guys as your, like, SP1 today, but it's still, it's it's just tough in general. But how many people are going to play a DeGrom? Because if you can get like just part of the lineup right and you get your obviously you need ceiling results, but you've got a great opportunity for ceiling type results if you play a DeGrom Garrett Cole lineup. Um I just think that's gonna be a very low owned way to go. Obviously, people will play Miami or whatever with it, and well, you know, there's other value that's gonna open up. We'll see. But I just think it's an interesting way to go. Like just instead of stacking the exact top two, like maybe going with a little bit of a different twist on it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you'll be able to do it. Um, I'll, I'm definitely going to play around with. I, just I always did play it. around with. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Um, White Sox bats. Anything standing out to you here against Cole? Uh, I think that it's always good to play guys like, you know, in small sites like Abreu. But like, I don't think on this kind of a site you should really be playing anybody here. Um, the Houston side of things, they're they're another. Just absolutely load up on spot. Uh, I like all the Houston bats here. Um, you know, one guy that, you know, just is going to continue to stand out to me is Michael Brantley. I know he's super expensive, but he's just a really good hitter. Like, you very rarely get zero fantasy points from him. I know you're paying it for it, but he's just he's just a really, really good hitter. Just, I, man, he's he's one of my favorite hitters. Yeah, I think outside of uh, Bellinger and Trout, he's the guy I feel most confident to get some production from every night. Uh, Bryce Harper used to be that way. But Brantley forever. I mean, this guy has been doing this forever with the Angels from 15 years. Like, this guy's team was in the World Series against Barry Bonds' team. Like, you know what I mean? When he was coming up. 
This guy is one of the best all-time pure hitters, and he does it. The, the only thing that annoys me about rostering guys like this in DFS as a tournament player is he had a he had a beautiful swing on a on a two-strike pitch today down the line for a double, which should sound like a great thing for a two-RBI double. It was it was beautiful, but it was the kind of swing, and it was how he swings at most pitches. There, this is he's not an attacker. He lets the pitch come to him and he responds to it. He's a terrific hitter. He's Howie Kendrick. He's Tony Gwynn type, not obviously as good as Tony Gwynn, but it's not, it's very hard to justify these kind of prices for guys like that, which also makes me want to play them, but it's not like the, there's the same power upside for him that there is for the other guys in this price range. Just because he's, his floor is so high, it raises his, his price throughout the industries. And um, honestly, the multi-home run upside is probably lower than anyone else at that price tier. Yeah. Um, but I love him. Like, I am saying all this <laughs> stuff, and I love him. I, I literally, he's like my third highest owned player last night. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm just pointing that out. It's it. There is something to be aware of. Yeah, no problem. Um, outside of him, like, you know, depending on the springers back here, like Bregman, Reddick, Correa, Gariel, like all these guys in play for me today. I like Houston a bunch. I love them. Yeah. I love them all. I'm, I, I even love Brantley too, but like, I, I think that for me, the, I would prioritize it by, yeah, it'd be Bregman. Actually it would be Brantley. It'd be Bregman, Brantley, Correa, Diaz, Chirinos, Kemp, Reddick, Marisnik. I really like the bottom of this order. The bottom of I know you don't care, but people don't care about that. I think they're hitting 360 for the year. I don't care if you don't care about batting average. That's real life hitting. So probably the Woba, let's just say it's like 450. Who knows? Um, and I know the ISO is high because it's Kemp and Marisnik. And then also they give the stolen base upside for these guys. Like their bottom of their lineup is so loaded and as usual. I just love playing this Houston all the way through and Honestly, there's no real right or wrong way to stack it. It's all good, even without Springer or Altuve. If Springer's in, you just keep playing this red-hot guy because every time he steps on the field, he hits home run. Fair enough. Minnesota at L.A. taking on the Angels. We got Martin Perez against Matt Harvey. Nine total pick him game. Any interest here in Perez? Uh, I'm surprised that the game is a pick him. That's my reasoning for not being – having any I don't have interest in him because it's priced too but like I think that it's I don't think this game should be a pick him. Yeah I'm with you. I actually I like Perez a lot in this game. Yeah I know the Angels don't strike out yada 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 that's fine. Um I know he's he's priced a little bit higher than I want to pay but I know there's gonna be lineups that I build Bobby in, in stacks today that are gonna end up on like a Perez freed or you know like two eight K guys and yeah he doesn't have like the strikeout upside that's fine but I've said it so many times. This team is not good against left-handed pitching. Um, outside of Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, this team stinks against lefties. Like, And Perez, is he's just pitching really good this year. He's pitching good against righties. He's pitching good against lefties. They're likely going to leave Otani, Calhoun, and Goodwin in the lineup. Like That gives him three lefties. That makes his strikeout upside go up a little bit. Like. I like Perez here. I hate the total. I don't believe in the total. I think that Perez should be a 150 in this game. Like uh, Minnesota is one of my favorite stacks on this slate against Harvey. Perez is one of my favorite mid-tier pitchers. Like I, I just don't get this line. And, you know, it never scares me when 
I don't get a line like this. Um, I, I'm going to play Perez on some teams today. Yeah, I like – man, I really like the idea of it. Everything you said makes so much sense. I'm totally with you. I don't think when it comes down to it that I'm going to actually end up pulling the trigger as much as uh, – it's, it's weird. It's very strange to me that this line could be this way. If this game was in Minnesota – would it be 5.4 to 3.7? Like it, there's, it, it just feels like stupid. It feels like a stupid, maybe if tomorrow I see things go a different way and I, I don't want to just judge everything on lines, but I do believe in Vegas. And I think you have to a little bit, especially when you're grinding out 162 games every year for every team. Like it's just, it's a lot. And I don't understand. I just, I just don't get it. I was surprised to see this. Um, I don't have as much interest in the Twins because I hate that stadium, but I do have a ton of interest as the Twins is in the Twins as one-offs or two-offs. But I just it just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it'll change. We'll see. Let's see. Let's wait to see what happens in the next twelve hours. I will say one thing. I, I will say this: like if I if Florida, if you could sports bet in Florida, I'd be betting Minnesota. Like like right now, like I would have saw this line, I would have bet Minnesota. I, I would have bet Minnesota with this game if you would have told me it was if they were like 1.5 to one to be an under. Like I don't if if they were 1.5 one to one favorites. Like if it was just like right in front of me, like that. It just it just I just feel like this is like a it it's my it's it's confusing to me a little bit. Yeah, but Mark, no, we've we've seen Martin Perez. We've seen over and over again Mike Miner. They're the guys who Vegas has been wrong about consistently, always. Always. All right. Um, any interest here, Matt Harvey? <laughs> as gross as it is, uh, I'm going to throw in a lineup. Every now and then, this guy at a nothing price, if he has any ownership, I won't play him. But if he has no ownership, I'm going to take a shot. I love this Twins offense in general. There still are some Ks in there, by the way. Um especially with Sano back, assuming he's back in there. That's like 45% gaze right there, um, even though he's my favorite player. Um, I think I'm going to play a tiny bit of him, but it's it, I'm only like yeah, – we're talking like a Diener. Like it's a 10% thing, but I will play him. Yeah, I probably won't. I, I like Minnesota here, man. This team's rolling. Um, ever since you came on the podcast last week and you're like, Minnesota's going to win me a slate, they just – they they've been off to the races. Um, I love Kepler, Polanco, Rosario, CJ Crone, Eries. Um, so no, like just I'm gonna I'm gonna load up on some of these Minnesota bats. Like I, I like these guys a lot. Like Kepler is a guy that like I just keep playing this guy. I, I absolutely love him. It, like when we look at Matt Harvey, we know he's gonna give up a ton of hard contact. Like he has a fifty percent hard to soft contact ratio against lefties this season. Air distance for Kepler is one of the better ones in baseball against right-handed pitching. His hard hit rates pushing 42%. Like Kepler's a top play on the slate for me, and he's still only 4,100. Like, just keep leaving him at this price, and I'll just keep playing him every single day. I I agree with you, but I I, I do think that Eddie Rosario is the best play on the Twins. Um, I just think that the, you max out the ultimate. He, I, in my opinion, has the most power. And I love I love Kepler. Just so you know, like I'm with you. I your points are like are 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 great. I think that 
Eddie Rosario has anywhere power. And there, there aren't a whole lot of guys who I feel comfortable with, like going into a game. Okay. Well, I, I, it, there's a chance I can get two home runs from this guy. I love Eddie Rosario. I love Miguel Sano, assuming he's in the lineup. I really do. I think that you play, play those guys. I love Jorge Polanco and I love CJ Crone. I actually have Kepler a little further down because I feel like he's going to be the chalky one of the bunch. But I definitely agree with all the points about where he stands in terms of the actual matchup. With baseball, for me, as you know, because I play tournaments, I'm almost always just looking at game theory and trying, you know, especially playing multiple lineups, like trying to get ways off of where anybody else will be. And maybe I'm overthinking it here, but like, I really like. I mean, the guy who looks the best to me is Rosario, but if Kepler is actually going to be less than 10% on, which maybe he will be, no, he won't be. He'll be like 20% owned in this spot. I'd rather take the 10% guy who I feel like has a better chance to hit me two home runs. Yeah, I think he'll be popular here uh, for sure. Um, any Angels bats that you want to play here against Perez? Yeah, just play Trout anytime. I mean, if you want to, if you, if you, if you can afford him. Yep. Trout uh, always Trout. A top option. Yeah. Uh, I would play Cozart too, just at this price. I don't know where he'll be in the lineup, and I don't think it's guaranteed that he's going to be ninth either. So I would consider him depending on where he is. Fair enough. All right, last game on the slate: Braves, Giants, seven and a half total. Max Freed against Jeff Samarja. Uh, Freed a one forty-eight favorite here. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Max Freed? Love Max Freed as a pitcher. Projections a joke for his personal output, the game makes sense. I think that Max Reed is one of the better options uh, on the slate in the mid tier. Yeah. I'm going to play him in cash. I, I can tell you right now that on DraftKings, he's going to be in my cash lineup. Like no doubt about it. Um, at this price, 8,500 against San Francisco in San Francisco. I'm, I'm a little concerned when you're looking at this lineup, like Tyler Austin, Mac Williamson, they've added a couple righties that can hit left-handed pitching, but in this ballpark with his numbers and his ground ball rates and his strikeout rates, like I just, I can tell you right now, I'm going to play him. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I love it. Uh, I like, I love Freed. Totally into it. I'm a little confused. Why Tyler Austin? I don't care. Like, is he that bad against right? Why does he just play every day? <laughs> like who are you? Who's better than you <laughs> where you're playing every day? Like give this guy a chance. Anyway, side note. But yes, I like Max Fried. Uh, I think he's one of my my better mid tier guys. It's really, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because we have three really interesting options at the top end. Actually, four kind of interesting options at the top end for pitching. Some mid tier options, and then a couple low uh, low end guys who I want to take flyers on. It's it, it is an interesting pitching slate. But Fried is definitely one of the guys who I I would probably want around thirty percent. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a bunch of him. I don't know where I only play like three to five lineups, uh, so I don't know where I'll end up on him. But I know it'll be in my cash lineup, and I'll, I'll have a good exposure to him here. Jeff Samarja on the other side of this game, like it is a decent ballpark. He is cheap, but I've totally given up on the shark. Like he, I know. I hate the this is. <sighs> He's so cheap. <laughs> Don't uh, let me just, talk myself into this. Just yeah, me, I'm not. Stop. I'm not just playing him. Like, tell me, just, thank you. Okay, yeah, tell me stop. Yeah. Tell me stop. Because I yeah. want to like do it. I really want to. 
but like if this game was in Atlanta, I would be stacking Atlanta. Come on, like, what am I talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't you be considering an Atlanta stack right now if we had Shark and Atlanta was 85 degrees and 70% humidity? Yes. Okay. Maybe. So, yes, you would. <laughs> Come on, you would. I, With I, Austin I, I, Riley and Freeman and Acuna. I'm considering stacking Atlanta against the Shark in San Francisco. So. Oh, well, then you then not only would you, it would be your number one stack. It, it would certainly be a stack I'd be looking at. Like, I don't <laughs> think I will end up stacking Atlanta here, but I'll have pieces. Like I'll have, I'll have some Donaldson. I'll have some Acuna. Um, I'll have some Riley. Like, I'm not going to stack them, but like, I, I like some of these hitters. Like, you know, if you look at Atlanta's lineup, like it's actually horrifying. I, I, I know Albies has struggled and I know there's guys have struggled, but like, this is a terrifying lineup. I think Austin Riley, like this guy might be a top like 50 or 75 player in baseball. We don't even know yet. Like he's just figuring it out. And then Josh Donaldson hasn't come back to it yet. Acuna is one of the best hitters in baseball, in my opinion. So is Freddie Freeman. Swanson's finally getting it together. McCann there. Like, Albie's batting. It's just like a whole mess. Markeke is like the Mr. Consistency. It's just a very tough lineup. Yep. Uh, any interest in the Giants bats? Brandon Crawford, his price is so low. And I, even against the lefty, it doesn't really matter for him. You're just sort of playing the low price angle. Uh, Tyler Austin would be the only guy, but like you really are not playing any of these guys in this slate. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not ending up on the Giants today. I can tell you that and feel pretty good about it. So <laughs> uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're gonna get out of here. Um, give me your favorite play under 8K to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. I'm just grabbing my 8K guys on the main slate or on the main slate. Uh, yep. Yeah, I guess obviously. First guy, uh, oh, that guy under 8K to get. Oof. All right, so I will take, uh, Jesus, to get 8Ks. These guys I even kind of like, but nobody I like for 8Ks. I'm going to take a weird one and take Daniel Norris. All right. Um Oh man, I was gonna take Parcel. I just realized it's eighty two hundred. Um, mm. give me. Let's see. Oh man, it's Urena or CC Sabathia. I'll take. I'll take Urena. Uh, I don't like it. Has he ever struck out eight guys? <laughs> six guys, not eight. Oh, I thought it had to be six. Oh, uh, under eight K to strike out six. Yeah, why uh, I, why I, I always get that mixed up. That's my bad. You've told me this before. Yeah, I don't think he's ever. I don't know if he. I know he hasn't done it this season. I know he has one seven strikeout game, but I know it's a reach. But just looking at the options. Um, hey, I played over, him in a live final, so I understand. <laughs> over over eight K not to score fifteen DK points. Who do you got? It is uh, Cole Hamels. It's a bold yeah. one because. He's like, even if he struggles, he's still like, he might have like five, five runs and have like seven gays. Anyway. Yeah. Hamels was the guy that I was going to take too. <laughs> good. Good. Um, let's see. I'm going to take John Gray. I like Gray today. I hope he gets over 15. Wow. I really do. Um, wow. But yeah, that's who I'm going to take. It was him or Porcello. 
Um, I think it's Perez. I see. I like Perez. So I like uh, Perez I, too. But like, come on, is it? Is Perez? Are we? You know what? If that line, maybe we should get a bet in tonight, right now, because Perez has been lights out. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, this, I, I like I like that line a lot, Bobby. All right, uh, all right, all right. I'm going with it. I'm gonna make um, a bet after this. I'm making a hundred dollar bet. Over over eight k or over four k to hit a home run. Who's your expensive bat to go yard today? Uh, over four k. My favorite play is. Wait, I have it circled here. No, I don't. I only have my recent guy circled. Sorry. Uh, I actually think that just I know it's gross to go this high, but uh, Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I, I think um, giving out an expensive bat's fine. Um, I'm gonna take Vogelbach for the second straight day. He owes me a home run from yesterday. Fair enough. I still I still gotta talk to my wife and name my kid Vogelbaum. Um. <laughs> Under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap guy today? Under 4K to get two hits. Um, uh, Seager. I like that uh, one. He was one of the guys on my list. Um, I'm going to take Aries, uh, Luis Aries. Um, I, I just I, I don't trust Matt Harvey. I don't trust this line. I like this game. Um, who's your favorite stack to score six or more runs today? Houston. You're going to take the Yankees, but I like Houston. Um, no, I hate taking chalky ones. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota. I don't believe in this line. Let's let's. All just right, go. well, then I'm taking Philly. Oh, there you go. Well, perfect. Well, because well, if you were going to be bold, I want to be bold. Like Houston scoring. Houston's going to score six runs tomorrow. <laughs> this may not be pretty. No, I'm serious. They're definitely going to score six runs. Definitely. Um, all right, that's right. That's going to wrap it up. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, just keep an eye on that Philly Cubs game. I'm telling you, that could be the gold mine. It could be what wins us all the money or costs me all the money. Yeah. Fair enough. That's going to wrap it up here. I hope everyone has an awesome Wednesday. Enjoy the slates, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.